And if you're here uh, this morning for the very first time, I want want to thank you also for coming because we're about to begin a journey uh, for nine months of studying a little passage here in the Bible. And you came here on a morning where I'm going to make you a promise. You are going to hear the greatest message you've ever heard in your life, ever, ever. I don't care how long you've been going to church. I don't care how many messages you've heard. You will never hear a message as great as about you are about to hear. And I don't care how many churches you go to in the future, how many worship services, and I hope you go to a lot. And I don't care how many messages you hear in the future, and I hope you hear a lot. A hundred percent money back guarantee right now I'm putting on the line. You will never hear a message better than the one you're about to hear. Any takers? Okay. Now, normally this is about the time I ask you to open up your Bibles, and I guess you get your sermon notes ready. You will notice your message notes are blank. This time, I'm going to ask you not to open up your Bibles, but to listen to the message, the greatest message you'll ever hear, and if a thought comes to mind that kind of triggers you to just make a little note there in your, in your that blank page that you have, because you're going to come back to that for a little exercise at the end. And that little blank piece of paper with any thoughts that jump out at you as you hear the greatest message you've ever heard, it might serve you well. So just let me get my glasses. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. And blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger. Blessed are those who thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. And blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. And blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. And blessed are the peacemakers, not breakers. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called the children of God. And blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And blessed are you when people insult you. Blessed are you when people persecute you and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice. In fact, I will say even be glad. Because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. You... You, 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 you who are online, you, all of you, you are the salt of the earth. And if salt loses saltiness, how can it be made salty again? In fact, it's no longer good for anything except to be thrown out, just trampled underfoot. Not only that, you... You, 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 all of you, you're the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your, let your light shine before others so they can see your good deeds 
and glorify your Father in heaven. Now, do not think that I have come to abolish the law of the prophets. I have not come to abolish them. I have come to fulfill them. For truly, I tell you, until heaven and earth disappear, not the smallest letter, not the least stroke of a pen will by any means disappear from the law until everything is accomplished. Therefore, anyone who sets aside one of the least of these commands and teaches others accordingly will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever practices and teaches these commands, you'll be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I tell you that unless your righteousness surpasses that of the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, you certainly will not enter the kingdom of heaven. Now you've heard that it was said to the people long, long ago, you shall not murder and anyone who murders will be subject to judgment. But I tell you that anyone who is angry with a brother or sister will be subject to judgment. Again, anyone who says to a brother or sister, Raka, is answerable to the court. And anyone who says, you fool, will be danger of the fires of hell. Therefore, if you are offering your gift at the altar, and there remember that your brother or sister has something against you, leave. In fact, just leave right now. Just leave. And leave your gift at the altar. First, go and be reconciled to them. Then come back. Then offer your gift. Settle matters quickly with your adversary who is taking you to court. Do it while you are still together on the way, or your adversary may hand you over to the judge, and the judge may hand you over to the officer, and then you may be thrown in prison yourself. And truly, I tell you, you will not get out until you have paid the last penny. Now, you have heard that it was said, you shall not commit adultery. But I tell you that anyone who looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her in his heart. If your right eye causes you to stumble, gouge it out. Just throw it away. It's better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. And if your right hand causes you to stumble, cut it off. Throw it away. It's better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to go into hell. Again, you've heard that it was said to the people long, long ago, do, uh, uh, if anyone who divorces his wife must give her a certificate of divorce. But I tell you, that anyone who divorces his wife except for sexual immorality makes her the victim of adultery. And anyone who marries a divorced woman commits adultery himself. Again, you've heard that it was said to the people long ago, do not break an oath, but fulfill to the Lord the vows you have made. But I tell you, do not swear an oath at all. Just, just don't do it. Either by heaven, for that is God's throne, or by the earth, for it is his footstool, or by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. And do not swear by your head, for you cannot make even one hair white or black. All you need to say is simply yes or no. That's it. Anything else comes from the evil one. Now, you've heard that it was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I tell you, do not resist an evil person. 
If anyone slaps you on the right cheek, turn to them the other cheek also. And if anyone wants to sue you and take your shirt, hand over your coat as well. If anyone forces you to go one mile, go two. Give to the one who asks you and do not turn away from the one who wants to borrow from you. You have heard that it was said, love your neighbors and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. That you may be children of your Father in heaven. He causes his Son to rise on the evil and the good. He sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. And if you love those who love you, what reward will you get? Are not even the tax collectors doing that? And if you greet only your own people, what are you doing more than others? Do not even pagans do that? Be perfect. Therefore, as your Father in heaven is perfect. Now be careful, be careful, be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. Because if you do, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. So when you give to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets to be honored by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be in secret. Then your father who sees what is done in secret, he will reward you. And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, They have already received their reward in full. Truly, I tell you, that's what they've done. But when you pray, you go into your room. You close the door. You pray to your father who is unseen. Then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans. For they think they will be heard because of their many words. Don't be like them. For your father knows already what you need before you ever ask. This then, this is how I want you to pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, Your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. When you fast, do not look somber as the hypocrites do. For they disfigure their faces to show others they are fasting. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face. So that it will not be obvious to others that you were fasting, but only to your father who is unseen. And your father who sees what is done in secret, he will reward you. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. 
But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? No one can serve two masters. You're going to hate the one and love the other. You're going to be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. You can't do it. Therefore, I tell you, don't worry about your life. Don't worry about what you're going to eat, what you're going to drink, about your body, what you're going to wear. It's not life more than food and the body more than clothes. Hey, look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? And can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the lilies of the field grow? They do not labor or spend, yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all of his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow thrown into the fire. How much more will he clothe you, you of little faith? So do not worry saying, what are we going to eat? What are we going to drink? What are we going to wear? For the pagans run after all of these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom. Seek first his righteousness. And then all these other things. They'll be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow. (laughs) Tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has trouble of its own. Do not judge. Or you too will be judged. For in the same way you judge others, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, hey, let me take the speck out of your eye when all the time there's a plank in your own eye? You hypocrite. First, take the plank out of your own eye. Then you can see clearly. To remove the speck from your brother's eye. Do not give dogs what is sacred. Do not throw your pearls to pigs. If you do, they may trample them under their feet and turn and tear you to pieces. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, the one who seeks finds, and the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? So, in everything, here's the deal. In everything, in everything, in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you. Just do it. This sums up all the law and the prophets. Now, make sure you enter through the narrow gate. For wide is the gate, broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many, 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 many enter through it. But small is the gate, and narrow is the road that leads to life, and only if you find it. 
Watch out for those false prophets. They come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are like ferocious wolves. By their fruit, you'll recognize them. Do people pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Likewise, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree, it's going to bear bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, and a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus, by their fruit, that's how you'll recognize them. Now, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and drive out demons in your name and perform miracles in your name? And then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers, just get away from me. Therefore, anyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on a rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, the winds blew, beat against that house, yet it did not fall because its foundation was on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain came, the streams rose. The winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. No bull. The word of God for the people of God, just straight up. Well, good morning, everybody. It is great to be here with you guys. Obviously, we're doing things quite a bit different today than what we normally do. Uh, so if, you're, if you happen to be here for the first time, thank you for, for joining us today. We'd love to connect with you out in the crossing. Um, I've heard a lot of sermons before, but I, I think Rick is right. That is, <laughs> that is the best sermon we're ever going to hear. It's the Sermon on the Mount. And so much of uh, a lot of wisdom, even outside of uh, of, of our faith community outside of the church, a lot of people will refer to Matthew 5, 6, and 7 as foundational to have, having a good life. And so what we're going to be doing, we're going to go on this journey, just like the, the video said, starting next week, we're beginning a new sermon series called Flip the Script. And for nine months, we're going to be working our way through the Sermon on the Mount, what you just heard from Matthew 5, 6, and 7. So we're going to be spending quite a bit of time unpacking the wisdom of Jesus in those three chapters. And so really looking forward to, to the things that we're going to learn in this season. And because of that, really want to challenge you guys to do something. We talk about it every now and then, but I really want to highlight it in this season. And that's it. So we, we, we talk all the time about the, the value of beginning your day in the Word, opening the Bible and beginning with some quiet time. 
Every now and then you'll hear us suggest, hey, along with that, along with your quiet time, grab a journal and start writing down some of your thoughts. And so that's what I've got here. I, I keep my Bible and my journal together always. These two, I keep them together because anytime I'm reading, I want to have the chance to sit down and write something. What am I hearing? And so I want to encourage everybody throughout this journey, we've got, we have journals for, for sale for a dollar out in the crossing. After the service, you can grab one. Uh, but I want to encourage everybody to do that. And here's the thing, because I hear this all the time from people. People will say, well, okay, yeah, Chris, journaling works for you because you're that kind of person, but it's really not my thing. Not true. It is your thing. You just don't know it yet. And so I, there was a time when journaling was not my thing. There was a time when reading the Bible was not my thing. I mean, I was one of those people that would say, you know what, it's just, it's not for me. Why do I need to journal when, like, if I'm having the thought, I know I'm having the thought. Why do I need to write it down? It seems like a waste of time. And that was, that was my mindset. And so for the longest time, I never did. I never journaled. And because of an exercise that I was invited to do, it, it got me, I, I had to for, for an assignment. And through the process, this is what I learned. Well, actually, it's not true, Chris. You're, you don't know all of the thoughts that you're having. I, I became aware that there were thoughts kicking around in my mind that I did not know were up there. But through the process of journaling, it, it forced me to slow my mind down, slow my thinking down and kind of think through things. And when I started doing that, I became aware of a lot of thoughts I didn't realize I had in the first place. And through this act, this discipline which I don't even call it a discipline anymore. It's actually a life hack. If you're not doing it, you're missing out. What I found was journaling became God's way of of transforming me, of helping me work through a lot of anxiety, a lot of uncertainty, questions that I was dealing with, need for direction, all sorts of things. It became a, a powerful way that I was able to listen to the voice of God. So if you're like me and you think it, it's just not necessary because you, you, you know what you're thinking. I would encourage you for this next week, join me in this journey every day, just a few minutes, and, and just try it out and see what it's like for you. So how many here just have a ton of free time on your hands all the time? That's about what I, I saw a couple of kids' hands go up. Yeah, that's probably true. So I know one of the big barriers, and this is the same thing that I have said many, many times, I just don't have time. That takes extra time. Yes, I'll spend a few minutes in the morning kind of reading my Bible, some prayer time or whatever. Man, just adding on that, it's a little extra, it's a little extra, it's a little extra. And I'll be very transparent with you. I got into journaling quite a while ago, and then I kind of just stopped. And that's been my excuse for a long time. Well, uh, just the time, the time. Anybody else have kids that are really early risers, that are up really early in the morning? That can make it tough because you never know exactly when it's going to be. And it might be super early and, oh, I'm probably not going to have time. I'm not going to have time. Here's what I challenge you to do. This won't apply to everybody, but I bet it'll apply to many of you. This is what I did to get rid of that excuse. I challenge you to go into your phone and look at your screen time. See how much time you've been this week on the phone doing whatever it may be. It may be something awesome. No judgment here because I looked at my screen time and I went, ugh, I've got time to do this. And so I've been challenging myself to maybe just get up that few extra minutes early. It's doable. I promise it's doable. It'll make your day so much better. And to spend that time. And so 
I want you to join me because I've kind of taken that break from it. I haven't been disciplined and done it like I should have today. I started this morning. Throughout this series, I'm making it a priority. Because a lot of times we say we don't have time, but it really is what takes priority in my day, what takes priority in my time. So make this a priority. It'll change your life. I promise you that. So I invite you to do that with me. Well, Chris and Andrew, I think I'm the worst of both worlds here because journaling's not my thing, and I also feel like I don't have time, and man, I can rationalize that like crazy. Uh, but what, here's what my thing is, is I know I want to grow in Christ. I know that there are some days that I feel farther from God than I want to feel, and journaling is a way for me to achieve that closeness. And whether you believe in God or not, journaling is good for you. I think journaling is a great self-therapy tool because if what is in our minds and our hearts can somehow get out of us onto paper, it has less of a chance to do damage while we're holding on to it. Uh, when it comes to scripture, man, sitting with scripture as difficult as it may be, there is something beautiful that happens when we just sit with scripture, a phrase, a verse, or a word. And the thing that happens is that as we sit with what is holy, holiness can then start to make a claim on who we are. And I, I don't think any of us have ever woke up and been like, hey, I want to feel worthless today, or <laughs> I want to waste my day. No, most of us wake up and we're like, I'm going to make this day count. I'm going to make it matter. And at some point, maybe some of us want to feel a little bit closer to God, and that is what journaling does for us. And so my, big, my biggest barrier is when I began journaling, especially with Scripture, um, because I've been doing it for a long time, but when I started doing it to grow in my faith, I realized I had no idea what to write. And so I, I've learned this exercise as well, and it's just kind of a close reading exercise to help me sit still with Scripture, because that's also something I don't do well. I don't sit and I don't do still. But I really want to figure out what it looks like for me to follow Christ closely. So we have a gift for you today. We're going to give you three writing prompts. And in a moment, uh, Chris and Andrew are going to start playing. But the gift for you is the three writing prompts of how you and I can sit with Scripture all throughout this nine-month journey. And some days, man, there are going to be words flowing out of you onto the paper. And then some days you may only be staring at a word or a phrase. And that is okay. I think that's a great picture of what God looks like in our lives, right? Sometimes God is loud and evident. Uh, and sometimes God is, is subtle and sometimes easy to miss. But make no mistake that through scripture, through God's living word, God is at work God is at work in our lives. And so what we're going to do right now uh, is we're going to carve out some time for you uh, to either sit and write, handwrite some notes in your sermon notes. You can also do this on the app. You can, you can follow the writing prompts. And here are those prompts. The first one is what verse or verses from the Sermon on the Mount stood out to you? And write that down. Write the verses down. For me, it was, blessed are the peacemakers. Pray for those who persecute you. Don't worry about what you eat, drink, or wear. Write something down. And we're going to give you some time. And music's going to play, and you're going to have all three of these prompts. The second one is, to go a little bit deeper into Scripture, is narrow your first entry down to one phrase or one word that speaks to you. Uh, and today I had three, but some days I have only one. And so my words are, peacemakers, persecute. Worry and seek first. 
the next prompt that you're going to go through is what might God be showing you with this phrase or word? So make note, like the first two questions is us trying to see God's character and activity in scripture. The third question is us asking ourselves, what could God be saying to us that needs to be put in motion in our own lives for not only us to experience Christ, but for others to experience Christ around us. So, uh, so these are the three, three prompts. And so right now, again, this has been a different service, but we are about to move back into a time of worship. And this is a really a time of offering. Uh, and you can give a number of ways you can give on our app, but what we want to challenge you to do today is practice this giving of your time of carving out space to do something that you, you think you don't have time to do, to do something that you think you're not good at, to do something that you're not really sure if it's going to work for you or not. But we're going to carve space out today. And we're going to give of our time. We're going to go to Scripture. We're going to identify some things that maybe we heard today in hopes that today or a day later than now that God will make a claim on us.
much for, for joining us in that moment. And we just look forward to continuing the journey with you. Remember, we've got journals for, for sale right outside. If you're like me and you don't know what to write during your journaling time, every day your life steps that you can find on the app will help you journal through Scripture. So again, thank you so much for letting us have a front row seat to how God is going to make new claims on your life these next nine months. See you later.